listening to Game On DC, your home for local gaming and esports news in the DMV. Find the show on social media at Game On DC and by using the hashtag GoDC. Without further ado, here are your hosts, John and Joey. What's up, DMV? My name is John. My name is Joey. And welcome to the first episode of Game On DC, OTN's newest podcast dedicated to you, the gamers and esport fanatics right here in the East Coast capital of esports. Before we jump into the first episode, let's go over what we'll be bringing to you right here on Game On DC. Each episode will have three segments. Our first segment, Around the Gaming Beltway, will cover local gaming events happening in the DMV. Our second segment, Community Spotlight, will focus on community gaming and esport organizations including interviews with community leaders. And our third segment, Capitol Coliseum, will focus on DC's professional esport teams, including news and interviews. With that covered, let's get right into what's going on in the DMV with Around the Beltway. Capital Underground has partnered with GameStop to bring the DMV a Smash 4 tournament this Thursday, December 6th, starting at 8 p.m. in Silver Spring, Maryland. The tournament will take place at GameStop, located at 11147 Veers Mill Road in Silver Spring, Maryland. That's zip code 20902 in USA, obviously. If you're interested in registering to participate, please visit capitalunderground.biz. The great thing about this event, right? So we all know that uh, the next Smash game is coming out, Smash Ultimate. If you participate in Capital Underground's Smash Release Tournament, when the tournament is over at 11.30, you get your copy of Smash Ultimate right there in that GameStop. To me, that's a pretty sweet deal. Oh, John, this is a huge deal for any gamer. If you're out there pre-ordering, you're going to be there anyway. You might as well participate in a tournament beforehand, get to know some local gamers in the DMV. With Smash Ultimate coming out, there are going to be so many tournaments popping up in this area. This is a perfect way to get introduced to those gamers and get ready to see what your competition looks like. And Smash is already huge in this area, and it's only going to grow with Ultimate coming out. I can't wait for it. It's going to be exciting. The Cave Gaming Center in Fairfax, Virginia hosts weekly fireside gatherings available for Hearthstone players every Friday night starting at 7 p.m. Pull up a chair by the hearth and enjoy a night of fun, fellowship, and frostbolts. They do a great job with Hearthstone at the Cave. There are pro players that come out there. There's a huge community behind it. This is a great weekly event for Hearthstone players to go to. It's outstanding because if there's one thing that we love about the eSport community is that community aspect. Same thing with gaming communities. It's that community aspect realizing that hey there's an area you can come together with other individuals that may be completely different from you or you may have a lot of similarities with but you all come together around a video game that you're all passionate about and you get to have a fun night talking about hearthstone in this case and meet other gamers that hey you may develop a friendship with these community events are outstanding and the cave has done an outstanding job at putting these fireside gatherings together to really promote gaming in this way. But that's not all, John. On Saturday, December 8th, we also have the Ignite event where Game Gym and Stevenson University Esports have partnered up to host an amateur gaming competition at Tech Time Gaming Center that just opened in Woodbridge, Virginia. According to the website, it is going to be a live amateurs-only esports competition featuring League of Legends and Overwatch. The goal of Ignite is to produce more live local competition experiences for young gamers and to promote healthy gaming habits in our communities. There will be a Winter Ignite, which is the one happening this Saturday, as well as a Spring Ignite to follow. 
For those of you who are looking at what time the event is going to begin, according to the website, warm-ups start at 9 a.m. Competition begins at 10 a.m. The competition is supposed to end around 2 p.m. with Korean barbecue to follow for a lunch at 2.30 p.m. It'll be a $20 per person fee for entry. John, there are some great prizes for this tournament as well. What do they got on the table? Yeah, the, the prizes are brought to you by all the amazing sponsors that are going into Ignite. Uh, the grand prize is a meet and greet with one of our own hometown professional esports teams, uh, Wizards District Gaming of the NBA 2K League. Uh, the winners of the League of Legends and Overwatch tournaments will receive a walkthrough of the Wizards District Gaming practice facility and a chance to meet and ask questions to real local esport pros. Each winner will also be rewarded 2,500 bits from Twitch straight to their Twitch accounts to use on their favorite streamers. That's a pretty awesome prize bundle for participating in these amazing events. And if you win, I mean, how awesome is that? You get to meet professional esport players right here in the DMV area. These, these kids look up to these players, these professional gamers. That's like the ultimate goal if you're a gamer is to go pro playing video games. That's awesome. There are so many good things going on at this event, John. Not only is it two awesome organizations coming together for it in Stevenson Esports and the Game Gym, who have done incredible jobs in their respective fields, you also are introducing a new Tech Time Gaming Lounge here as well. This is the first major event at the new gaming lounge in Woodbridge. On top of that, you're introducing the pro scene with Wizards District Gaming, trying to invigorate that as well with bringing in new blood that may not have heard about them before or may not have met a pro player before. There are so many awesome things going on at this event. I am stoked for Saturday. While Ignite will be the first event ever held at Tech Time Gaming Lounge in Woodbridge, there was another first this past weekend in Washington, D.C. D.C. United, our very own hometown pro MLS team, held their first ever eSport tournament at Audi Field. Joey, we had the amazing honor of being able to uh, produce and cast this event uh, with our friends uh, at eSports Fairplay, Pat, and it was an absolute fantastic time. 50 players from the D.C. area signed up to compete at Audi Field playing FIFA 19 to be scouted for the chance to be D.C. United's first EMLS player. How awesome was this past weekend? John, it was phenomenal. I mean, especially when you look at the whole tournament and how it came together. By the time the MLS officially approved the tournament, we only had about two to three days to get people to register. We capped the tournament at 50. We filled up that whole 50 between us, DC United and Esports Fairplay. We had 50 players come out. 50 of the best FIFA players in the region came out to compete in this tournament. On top of that, previous DCU pros who have won FIFA tournaments for DC United before lost in the quarterfinals just because the competition was that high at this event. Um, it was PlayStation. So some players said, hey, we're better at Xbox. You're always going to get that conversation. It's always going to happen. But overall, the talent level out here was incredible. The space, the Eagle Bank area for this at Audi Field was an excellent spot for esports events. I think this is the first of many, John. Absolutely. And like you said, the level of competition was incredible. We've done a lot of FIFA events in the D.C. area. This event by far had some of the best overall talent we've ever seen in the D.C. area when it comes to FIFA. And the winner during the postgame interview even said, hey, I'm an Xbox player but this was on PlayStation 4, it didn't hold me back too much. I was still able to play my game. It's still the same game at the end of the day. And that's awesome. Having that ability to play on both Xbox and PlayStation at a very high level 
teams have to be looking for attributes like that. Yeah, and I think the other thing to take out of this is the fact that we are able to pull in so many players in the area. Esports is growing. You hear about it in League of Legends. You hear about it in Overwatch. The NBA 2K League is here in D.C. now. D.C. United just joining the EMLS. This is the perfect opportunity to showcase the talent of D.C., and you had so many strong FIFA players come out to showcase their talent there. So we do not know who DCU will sign yet. Obviously, the people who perform better in the tournament will probably have a better scope in the mechanical lens, but they were also looking at personality. They were looking at camera readiness. They were looking at brand awareness and ability to build a brand. So they had a ton of different factors they were looking at going into this tournament. So hopefully we will hear about their first EMLS player later this, I would say, week. Yeah, it's probably going to be later this week. I think the deadline to file new players in EMLS, I believe, is the 15th of December. Uh, so we should be hearing about that player sooner rather than later. With that, Joey, let's jump right into our community spotlight where I had the opportunity to go down to Tech Time Gaming Lounge, the DMV's newest gaming lounge. It opened in Woodbridge, Virginia this past Friday on November 30th. I had the opportunity to tour the facility on opening night and sit down with the owner of Tech Time, Steve Theobald, for a quick interview in our community spotlight. Time for our community spotlight. We are here at Tech Time Gaming with the owner, Steve Theobald. First off, thank you uh, for having us for the interview, and what a beautiful facility you have. Thank you very much. It's uh, great to have you here. All right. So a um, couple quick questions. Uh, you know, Since gaming is growing in the area, we, we have some other gaming centers already, but nothing compared to just how this one looks and feels. Uh, what factor led you to open a gaming lounge in the, in the D.C. area, but specifically in Woodbridge? Uh, sure. Um, uh, I had uh, owned a business in another industry uh, for about 10 years, sold it last year. And as I was searching around for my next opportunity, uh, I had gone to an investor conference in Alexandria and uh, sat in on a panel discussion on esports. And my eyes were opened. Uh, it's just how big the industry was getting. And I actually have three small boys um, between the ages of nine and 12. And they spend a lot of time uh, watching uh, streamers on YouTube. And uh, for someone like me who uh, grew up with Atari, uh, it was a strange thing, but again, it uh, turned me on and got me intrigued, and um, uh, that's what led me into it. Awesome, yeah. I mean, and nothing wrong with Atari. Atari has some amazing games on. There's nothing like a good old throwback. Uh, your, your children probably big Fortnite players as well? Uh, th these days, they seem to play little else. Oh, there you go. All right, uh, so where did the inspiration for the, the theme of uh, Tech Time Gaming uh, Center come from? Uh, it, it's very spacey, almost like a, like a spaceship. I'm working with a company called eBlue uh, out of Hong Kong. They've been uh, owning and uh, operating cafes in Asia for about uh, 20 years. They own about 400 properties. And uh, uh, when I found them online, I just loved the look. And this is really how it's done uh, in many parts of Asia. So uh, I thought, what a great idea to bring the concept here. The name Tech Time really comes from uh, my sons. And it's uh, just when they're good, they get Tech Time. Perfect. It works. I like it. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about what, what we can expect when a gamer or a uh, eSport enthusiast comes uh, to your center here. Uh, let's go over the prices real quick. You know, how, how much money can they get? Uh, how much time can they get for uh, money? Other cool things. Uh, there's obviously a refreshment stand out there. That's pretty cool. Uh, what are some of the benefits of coming to this PC bang, if you will, versus some of the others in the area? Okay, part of it is the environment, as you've remarked on. There's nothing like it in the area. Um, so uh, that in and of itself, I think, is a, is a draw. 
and then uh, for particularly for people who are not close to say Fairfax, this is a much more uh, convenient location. Uh, we hope to reach out to uh, folks at uh, Fort Belvoir and Quantico in particular. Then uh, for, for basic pricing is uh, uh, for non-members, it's five dollars an hour. If you buy uh, time uh, five hour increments, uh, it drops down to about four dollars an hour and you don't need to use it all at once. Um, and then we have uh, day passes, uh, depending on the day of the week, uh, generally from about 30 to $40. Uh, and then snacks are generally sort of $1 to $2. Um, for a monthly membership of just $9.99 a month, uh, you'll get 20% off all game time. Uh, so generally, if you play at least 10 hours a month, it, it makes sense to get the membership. And it's cancelable on 30 days' notice. Uh, and then in addition to the uh, the 20% off, uh, you'll get advanced registration, discounts on uh, selected tournaments, and then a uh, free day pass on your birthday. My birthday just passed. I'm going to have to wait until I can get that free day pass. But I'm looking forward to it for next year. So you touched on tournaments. What kind of tournaments and events can we expect coming to Tech Time? Uh, a wide variety. Um, all the top games. And it just uh, as we've been focused on getting open, we've gotten certainly got a lot of inquiries. Uh, we're actually having an event with Ignite uh, next week. Uh, and then uh, more in the pipeline from there. Awesome. And, and you touched on Ignite, which is... Uh, kind of really taking this area by storm, partnering up uh, with two amazing eSport uh, groups, first being uh, the Game Gym up in Bethesda, Maryland, uh, and then the other being Stevenson University, uh, their eSports program, really one of the first universities in the country, uh, right here in the DMV, bringing that eSports feel and program to the collegiate level. You're going to be hosting uh, their um, program, uh, really a tournament, it's, it's, it's a tournament, but really they're trying to promote youth eSports in the area, and it's called Ignite, and you're going to be the host site. What went into that decision to wanting to bring one of the biggest eSport youth events in the area to, to your brand new facility? I think you just answered your own there question. You <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, so uh, one thing that we constantly talk on uh, is, is healthy gaming habits. Now, now I understand, you know, it is a business. You're here, you know, at the end of the day, it is to make money. But at the same time, with partnering with the Game Gym, you know, an organization that does focus on healthy gaming and, you know, Today, as we're recording this, one of the biggest streamer in the world, Ninja, came out and even talked about healthy gaming habits. Um, how do you see Tech Time playing a role in helping promote uh, healthy gaming habits for for our youth? Uh, the way I see it is, you know, we're here to be, you know, a nice, convenient, local, social outlet for you. You know, so you're not just spending all the time uh, at, at home uh, alone. And so playing with friends, I think, is it's a social activity in and of itself, something that, you know, going back to Atari, we never had. Um, and, you know, we're not open 24 hours just yet. Uh, we do want people to have lives outside of video games. And I think esports, um, like the, um, you know, traditional live sport counterpart, it just, it's it's a part of life mm -hmm. in general. It doesn't have to be everything. And so uh, we want people to come in and have fun, but then, you know, go home and see their family and friends. No, absolutely. And I think that's a, a really good focal point there is the fact that, you know, it is a community. It does bring people together. Uh, the, the gaming community is different from traditional sports, you know, like we like a lot of us grew up on. You know, not everyone can make the football team or the basketball team, but gaming is for everyone, uh, it, regardless of skill, regardless of the game type you play, whether you're a console or a PC player. Uh, it's, it's for everyone. And that's something that these centers do is bring that community together, give those, those kids uh, that don't have that opportunity in other areas, bring them together. So that's really cool. So, uh, Steve, thanks again for taking time out of your day. I know it's pretty busy. It is launch day when we're uh, recording this, so there's uh, plenty of things to get back to. Uh, so, again, Steve, owner of Tech Time Gaming here in Woodbridge, Virginia, thanks for being on our first Community Spotlight. All right. Thanks again for having me. All right. Thank you. Joey, I cannot say enough 
about Tech Time Gaming Lounge and how beautiful it is and how different that it is from all the other gaming lounges that we have in the area. And it's really in an area where there's no other gaming lounge. The, the closest one to Woodbridge is the cave in Fairfax, which if you're on the eastern side of I-95, that's a good 20-mile drive. And as we all know here in the DMV area, you add traffic to that, that's well over an hour commute each way. They are really filling in in an area that needed a gaming center, and they're wasting no time. Like we said earlier in the show, Joey, they're the host site for Ignite, a major, major youth esport tournament to promote healthy gaming and gaming lifestyles right here in the D.C. area. How awesome is it to kick off your grand opening with such an amazing tournament? It really is, John, and I love the space-like theme they went with as well. You already talked about the uniqueness of it, the unique look, and for me, it's the unique theme. When you look at all these other game centers, you do not get a space-like theme. When you look at Tech Time, it feels like you're stepping right into something like Stargate or Star Trek or Star Wars. It has a very space-like theme, and it kind of sets it apart in that sense. So not only a very strong location where there is definitely a need or a want for more gaming cafes, but the fact that you're bringing something very unique to the table as well. With that, Joey... Let's jump right into our Capitol Coliseum. Like we said earlier in the show, we have an Overwatch League team right here in D.C. We have a name, we have colors, and we have a little bit of a roster, but we're going to hold off on the roster here for just a little bit until we have the full roster, so that will be on our next episode. But Joey, the D.C. Overwatch League team is your Washington Justice. Colors, red, white, and blue. Joey, what do you think of this name, the color pattern, and just the overall announcement of our Washington Justice. I think this is huge for the Washington DMV scene, John. The esports scene has continued to grow here, and now we have another professional team added in. I'm a little disappointed in the colors. At the same point, I understand red, white, and blue. You're in the nation's capital. You have to go with red, white, and blue. The main disappointment is the fact we have a lot of other teams with similar colors. The logo itself, I think, came out really well. I would have loved to see three stars on it to represent the DMV area with DC, Maryland, and Virginia, but the description they came out with the logo is really good to why they have one star. They define it as a unification. So in that one star, we are all looking at one unified area. So I think that is the way you can pull it off to go with one star, and I like that aspect. And the justice, again, Washington, it just makes sense for the area. So with a new team in the DC area, we're all excited to rep that team's logo, rep that team's color. So the great thing also is during the same time frame of this announcement, the Overwatch League announces a partnership with Fanatics. Now, Fanatics may sound familiar if you're a traditional sports fan. They are a major sports distributor of sport merchandise. Everything from championship t-shirts for the NHL to championship t-shirts for the NCAA, for other major leagues around the country, as well as just throughout the year merchandise, whether it's jerseys, it's hats, shirts, pants, sweatpants, sandals, you name it, they do it. Joey, this is going to be huge for the Overwatch. Like This is something we haven't really seen in esports, having this kind of major distributor come into esports. This is going to be a game changer for merch for the Overwatch League. It's going to be huge. And the biggest thing here, John, is the fact we see so many international teams joining into the Overwatch League. Now that you have all the Chinese teams, you have more teams in Europe. If you look at a brand like Fanatics, they already have that reach. They're already able to distribute to bigger areas than some of the other apparel sponsors we've seen in esports so far. Now with that reach, as fans in D.C., we probably weren't going to have a problem getting stuff beforehand. 
but it's going to impact more of these other regions, these other areas outside of North America, outside of the USA. At the same point, I'm excited to see what Fanatics does. Absolutely. But before that deal even goes into full effect, our Washington Justice has us covered. They have a launch brand of gear. I believe they have a limited amount, so you might want to check their website if you want some sweet, sweet Washington Justice swag before it's all out, before this Fanatics deal really kicks in. I already know I put my order in for a hoodie, and I'm pretty stoked about that. I can't wait to rock my Washington Justice hoodie. So if you are looking for quick uh, merchandise, you don't want to wait around for that Fanatics deal to go through to get that sweet Washington Justice merch, go on their website right now, washington-justice.com. And if they have anything left, by the time you listen to this, make sure you pick some up and support and rock your local Washington Justice. And the merch looks so good, John. And you got like the Captain America shield looking logo on it. It is going to fly off the shelves, if you ask me. I mean, I already bought it. So, I mean. There, You're helping a, it fly off the I, shelves. You know what? Of course I am. I got to rock it. Look, <laughs> it looks great. Whoever whoever came up with that that launch merch design did a, a fantastic job. The three quarter sleeves, the the distressed look uh, with, with the logos. They're not like they're not like a solid screen print. They're kind of like uh, almost like a, like 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 a chiseled rugged look. It, it looks aggressive. It looks it looks dangerous. It looks like justice is being served. Let's now check in with our DC NBA Two K League team, Wizards District Gaming. Joining us from Monumental Sports and Entertainment, the Director of Esports and Team Operations, and the first guest on the show, Grant Paranjape. Welcome to Go DC, Grant. Hey, yeah, really uh, excited to be here. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's jump right into it. Season one is over. It felt like a roller coaster. Uh, Wizards District Gaming uh, had an l- amazing second half of the season, made that playoff push, made the playoffs as the seventh best team in the league. Uh, into the playoffs, unfortunately, it didn't end the way we wanted it to. But hey, <laughs> that's not bad for for the first season. Yeah, uh, first year of, of NBA 2K League uh, is officially in the books. We're uh, you know obviously in the off season now, uh, but that that first year was definitely uh, it was a roller coaster, right? Uh, you know, from everything uh, from you know unveiling the branding, launching you know social handles, uh, you know obviously bringing on some great partners in, in Lidos and Giant, and, and obviously others. Um, it, it was, uh, it was a crazy, crazy ride. And, and obviously, you know, we were very happy with the, the players we ended up drafting and, and the, uh, the performance we had this first year, uh, you know, making playoffs was, you know, obviously no small feat, uh, having only eight teams, uh, make it out of the 17. Um, obviously wish we could have gone a, a little further, <laughs> but, uh, that's, that's always, uh, that's always the goal for, for next year. And, and obviously we'll be pushing, uh, toward a you know a, a better playoff performance as well as you know a, hopefully a, a few wins in, in some of the tournaments that will will kind of break up the season as well. Um, but yeah, we uh, you know we were obviously very excited to be a part of the season for the first year, and um, we we couldn't really be you know we couldn't really be happier with how it, how it played out. Absolutely, and and WizDG finished the record of eight and six in the regular season. Uh, what was the biggest lesson that the whole organization learned after going through that inaugural season? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely there's always a lot of learnings. I think uh, in in any startup environment, especially uh, you know esports being so new, there's there's a lot of them. Um, I, I think one that was kind of uh, exciting to watch, uh, you know, unfold within the organization was just how into the games people got. Um, I think when we joined the NBA 2K League, it was very much a concept. It was something that you know was being discussed and talked about. Uh, but when you got into the first game and, and you watched, you know, the the emotions on the stage and you watched 
uh, you know, how you, you'd watch a shot go up and you'd, you know, you'd hold your breath and, and hope that it was going to go in or, or whatnot. Right. Um, I think a lot of our, uh, our, our staff and, and a lot of, uh, you know, members across, you know, a lot of different departments at, at MSC, um, really got really, uh, you know, invested into the team and, and that was really great to see. And, uh, I think they felt the excitement right away, even from the, the first game. And, and I think, you know, uh, for, you know, takeaways, it, it's just, you know, how, how much potential this, this league has, right? Uh, whether it's uh, from the partnership angle, uh, obviously, you know, we had some great partners for, for year one and, and you know, fully expect more for, for year two. Uh, and really just the, the fandom that, that our players had from uh, an almost immediate you know, start, right? It was, uh, you know, players who qualified through a, you know, online tryout and, and the combine and, and suddenly were kind of thrust into the limelight or whatnot. And they, uh, you know, they quickly developed, uh, you know, pretty large fan bases. And that was, that was really awesome to see. So, uh, I think for for year two, expectations are just uh, you know even even bigger and even higher. But uh, you know we're we're really excited about it and just kind of excited to see uh, you know how the draft plays out. Uh, one of the big decisions uh, you and your team had at MSC going forward with WizDG is uh, the the head coach, the team manager. Do you uh, do you go forward and extend? Uh, the contract of uh, Patrick Crossing, which you did. Uh, you did extend him uh, for uh, going into season two. Uh, what did you see from Pat uh, from season one that helped make that decision easy for you? Yeah, uh, so that was, uh, you know, I think I was on the show last time talking about our, our search our, our search for a, a team manager, a head coach, and it was, uh, you know, obviously a really tough decision. You're, you're entrusting a person with, uh, you know, ultimately leading, you know, six, you know, athletes on a uh, season-long journey and, and you know trying to perfect their craft or whatnot ultimately we found pat to to be a really you know mature and, and kind of calming voice uh, on the team you know whether that was you know taking player feedback and and really you know kind of iterating on on what our uh what our practices looked like and, and you know kind of what uh what style of game we were bringing to to each of our different matches you know pat was pat was really quick at, at, at adapting our gameplay and adapting on the fly and, and then really in those 10 situations, you know, being kind of a, a calming presence uh, at the league studio, whether that was, uh, you know, in timeouts or at halftime and, and really, you know, trying to motivate the, the team. And uh, it was a, it was an easy decision for us to, to extend Patrick. He, um, you know, was, it was uh, thankfully very excited uh, at the opportunity of coming on full time and, uh, you know, coming coming back for season two. So we're, we're really excited to have him. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what he what he does with our new team for for season two. All right. And and the offseason doesn't stop there. It's been incredibly busy. You executed a trade with Mavs Gaming and received the player Dayfry in exchange for the 14th overall draft pick in 2019. Tell us a little bit about what went into this decision uh, to make that trade and what can a player like Dayfry bring to Wizards DG? Yeah, no, it's uh, so <laughs> it's funny. You know, people uh, obviously, you know, obviously talked about, uh, you know, offseason, taking vacations or whatnot. I can uh, safely tell you an offseason is, is no uh, is no vacation. Um, it was probably uh, one of the most stressful periods, uh, as many of my friends and family can, uh, can attest to. When we were uh, you know, kind of going out into the, to the market with our first trade window, we, because of our playoff record, um, you know, obviously we're, uh, we're granted kind of a, a later first round pick. And I think whenever you have that opportunity and you had, uh, we, you know, we kind of identified there were certain teams in the league who uh, might be looking to rebuild their rosters entirely with new talent for year two. Um, and, and so when you have those situations, you know, you look at a player like Dayfry and realistically, we didn't see any potential players 
uh, necessarily coming out of the pool who who could you know in the first 21 picks or so really match his his talent so we you know we obviously jumped at the opportunity to to make that trade with the Mavs and and you know it was a it was a really well well executed trade and you know kudos to their front office staff for being uh, absolute professionals to work with or, or whatnot and really you know he just brings such a, a presence both on and off the court you know whether it's uh, his ability to trash talk. Uh, but also keep a level head in the studio and, and then, uh, you know, really just be a, a dominant paint player. Um, we're, we're really excited to have him. And, you know, we uh, we actually took a little bit of an extra investment uh, in, in terms of moving him out to D.C. for the offseason. So he'll actually be uh, he's actually been living here in the D.C. area, uh, you know, practicing with JT and, uh, you know, integrating into kind of our our culture and, uh, you know, the practice space that we've built here. So. Uh, we think we have a really good foundation with him and him and JT, and you know, we're excited to see what players we can we can kind of fill and and build around those two, those two going forward. Sticking with the offseason grant, like the rest of the NBA 2K League teams, the Wizards District gaming roster will look very different heading into season two. Of the original roster, only Demon JT remains, and he's now joined by Dayfry. What is the team's mindset going into the combine, and in particular, without giving too much away? What types of players is WizDG looking for? So I think, you know, a good place to start with that question is, you know, just uh, looking at the trial process, right? The the trial process this year became exponentially harder in terms of, you know, you need, needed 100 wins and, and had to maintain a, a 50% or above win rate in, in Pro-Am for, uh, you know, a shorter period of time in November. The Combine, you know, uh, timing still TBD, but uh, I, I think, you know, what the Combine really shows is your ability to integrate into a, a new system, right? I think a lot of these players have been playing on rosters and pro-am teams for you know many, many years now. They have their friends, they have colleagues and players that they're comfortable playing with. Uh, and they have tendencies, right? And they have things that they're they're used to doing or whatnot. When you take players like that and you put them in a, a random environment like the combine, you really start to you know kind of peel back the layers of that onion and see you know what this player is really made of. Whether that's you know his ability to actually communicate with other players, whether you know he, is he able to take kind of a you know a backseat role to a you know a star on his team or whatnot. Um, so for us, you know we're we're always looking for the same thing, right? We want four you know four players who are determined to win. Uh, but are, are absolute consummate professionals, both on and off the court, in terms of you know how they approach the game, how they approach practice, and and how they approach treating others, right? So Patrick and I will will have our work a, ahead of us, but I, I think you know we're really excited to um, you know see what talent is in the combine pool. Um, we're excited to see what talent comes out of the uh, the first ever international tournament. Uh, I think the league recently announced that they'll be doing a, kind of an Asian. Uh, Asian qualifier, uh, as well as potentially uh, qualifiers for some other uh, some other regions internationally. So there's definitely a lot of uh, great NBA 2K talent out there, and uh, you know, for me and Patrick, we're just excited to see uh, you know what players are in the pool and and who we can really kind of build uh, build out this roster with. Let's take a look ahead at the draft as well. So the season two draft is unique from any other draft we've really seen in sports or esports before, because it's going to feature both season one veterans as well as fresh talent coming up through the combine. What are your overall thoughts on this unique drafting approach and how much weight do you put on one year of experience that the vets are coming in with? Yeah, I mean, uh, a year of experience is is definitely valuable, right? It's, um, you know, until you have a player on that stage, under the lights, you know, facing, uh, you know, off against a Day Fry or an Arsenal or a Mel East, right? Who are, are standing up and and yelling, obviously trying to get trying to get in your head or whatnot. Uh, it's intimidating, right? And especially if you're a, a, a younger player, um, a player who's only primarily played online, maybe by themselves, and that's, you know, not necessarily you know very talkative player. 
it is it can be quite the adjustment, right? So um, I, I would say that year one players they they definitely have you know, a little a little bit of a leg up in terms of they they have that experience, but at the same time. Uh, younger players are, are have showcased, you know, they're they're really hungry to to be in the league, right? They've uh, been some of the most outspoken individuals on social. They've been really, you know, they've they've honestly been some of the ones who are, are most eager to stream their games and, and you know talk about the tryout process and and you know just try to be involved. So I think we'll see a good mix. Uh, you know, obviously all of the first year players who compete in the combine are uh, eligible to be drafted for for year two. Um, but I think we'll see, uh, you know, a very healthy mix of, of new players who maybe um, didn't take the process as seriously year one, come back for year two and, and really, you know, buckle down and, and try to make their way into the league. And uh, honestly, you know, having that type of, of passion and, and, you know, desire on your team can be really valuable, right? And uh, I think for those players who are quick to adapt and, and learn how to play in a studio environment, they'll, they'll definitely succeed uh, for year two. Okay, so we've recapped season one. We've talked about the off season. What is the main thing that WizDG wants to focus on going into season two? Oh, uh, well, <laughs> I'd be lying if I didn't say winning. Right? <laughs> so, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm uh, allowed to have another answer than than that. No, I, I, it goes back to you know we have the same philosophy that we had for for year one, right? We. Uh, we obviously have great corporate partners and, and we want to make sure that we're delivering great value to, to them. Uh, we are very hungry and, and very focused on, on winning a, a championship. You know, obviously the Caps uh, and the Washington Valor were, were nice enough to deliver DC some great championships last year. Uh, we fully, uh, you know, hope and expect to be the next team to do that. Uh, and, and then really, you know, we, we want to connect with our fans. Um, I, I think a lot of, uh, you know, more than, more than, um, you know, more than anything else, they're, they're what uh, ultimately make this league successful and, and make our team really provide kind of the, the fire to our players. So uh, we, we really look to you know, engage those fans, whether that's through events. You know, we're hosting a, a new tournament uh, coming up in December where it's a 2v2 tournament uh, where, you know, registrants get tickets to the, the G League game. Uh, we'll be hosting some other events, uh, you know, coming, coming during the season, to, you know, watch parties to, to watch the team play and whatnot. Um, so we're we're really looking to engage that fan base and, and you know hopefully create some new fans as well as we as we start season two. But um, yeah, we are uh, we're all in on on WizDG and and really just looking forward to a great season. Yeah, and you guys do such a great job with fans already, and I feel like these extra events will only continue to strengthen that. I also like what you mentioned earlier in the show when you were talking about Pat and how he has adapted practices as you guys go. As far as team chemistry goes, obviously you can only speak so much with two players right now, but do you feel like there are certain ways you could look to advance that compared to season one? Yeah, I, I think there was a there were a lot of learnings from from season one from a practice schedule, right? I think whether that's um, you know the type of you know whether that's the hours of practice, whether that's the type of practice, right? Uh, I think you know Patrick's done a great job, you know, trying to expand beyond what's traditionally expected within an esports practice environment, right? You look at um, you know, League of Legends or Counter-Strike or, or Dota 2, right? And it's very scrim heavy, right? You know, teams schedule scrim blocks. It's very much you play another team, you watch film on the team, and then you play another team, right? Um, I think 2K is very unique in that it, because it does so closely model, uh, you know, traditional basketball, you can very much, uh, you know, play, you can scrim against another team, but then you can work on things individually, right? Whether that's Patrick sitting down with one of our players and, you know, only working on you know, three-point shooting or, or, or only working on, you know, layups or whatnot, right? And so he he's really spent a lot of time this offseason kind of developing uh, what he wants to do with players uh, you know, coming into season two. So uh, I think that will that will really pay dividends uh, as we go throughout the season. And 
Um, you know, ultimately, uh, he'll have to adapt a little bit more depending on what players we pick and whatnot. But he's uh, he's certainly up to the challenge, and you know, we're excited to see uh, see what happens in the draft pool. The one thing I want to see next year, I want to see more hype. The one thing I absolutely love when I'm watching these NBA 2K League games, just the emotion the players bring into the game. Like when you're sitting there watching on Twitch as a fan. And you're just watching, you know, and they hit a big shot. Like you, that immediate reaction from the players and the team and just the crowd. I absolutely love that. Like that's one of the things I love about traditional sports. Bringing that over into esports is is awesome. And I think that's one thing the NBA 2K League can really use to really promote and bring more fans is, is using that hype that the players have for this game and the community has for this game to really help bridge that crossover from traditional sports over into esports, uh, specifically the NBA 2K League. Yeah, no, and I think the league completely agrees with you, right? Um, you know, that studio experience is, is is really unlike anything that you can get from any other esport, right? You know, League of Legends, Overwatch League, um, they're very much, uh, you know, sterile is probably too harsh a word, but they're, they're very clean studio environments, right? You know, it's very much two teams. They don't face each other. They face the audience, and you kind of just generically, you know, cheer for your team or whatnot. 2K League, it's it's Coliseum style, right? You have players actively standing up and and you know trash talking each other and you know you know really getting hype over big shots or whatnot. And uh, I think one of the big efforts for the league and and teams as well is how do we give that studio experience uh, to fans on Twitch, right? You know, for uh, for a virtual broadcast, how do we translate that that hype and that excitement uh, into your living room, right? So I think the league has uh, some pretty creative ideas uh, in, in terms of how to make that happen. Uh, and I think, you know, really it just goes back to, uh, you know, our players are, are some of our greatest ambassadors and, and some of our greatest assets in, in terms of this league. So uh, really just, you know, having, uh, you know, just highlighting those, those storylines and, you know, really profiling these players. It's a, it's a big piece of what we're working on for, for year two. All right. There you have it. Grant Paranjape, Director of Esports and Team Operations of Monumental Sports Entertainment and of your Wizards District Gaming. Thanks for stopping by, and we look forward to uh, checking in with you in the future. No problem. I really appreciate you guys having me, and uh, keep it up with the show. Love it. That will do it for this episode of Game On DC. If you enjoy listening to Game On DC, we want to hear from you. Leave us a review on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. We would love to hear from you. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media to keep up on all the gaming and esports news in the DMV. Joey, where can our listeners go to follow Game On DC? Listeners, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and or Instagram at Game On DC. You can also find us using hashtag GoDC. Until next time, I'm John. I'm Joey. Game, Game On, on DC. DC.